Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American power, politics and society. On each episode, I will talk to an American expert or an expert on America about something that's going on in America in 2023. Welcome to The Americano. I'm Amber Athey, guest host today. Very excited to be here. I'm the Washington editor for The Spectator World, and I'm joined by Louis Lukens, the former deputy chief of mission at the U.S. Embassy in London. And it's a, a very momentous occasion because President Joe Biden has traveled to Northern Ireland to mark the 25th anniversary of the peace agreement with Great Britain. So, um, Lewis, I would love if you could start by giving uh, the dumb Americans who might be listening, such as myself, a little bit of a primer on the significance of Biden's trip and uh, maybe a recap on what exactly this agreement was and also what the U.S.'s involvement was with that deal. Sure. Um, well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So, I mean, first of all, the Good Friday Agreement, which was signed 25 years ago, was an agreement that the United States helped to broker between the United Kingdom and Ireland and many of the different political parties and factions in Northern Ireland to base, to bring peace to Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland had experienced roughly 30-plus years of, of conflict and assassinations and bombings and, and, and really sort of and terrorism, basically terrorism. And it was a very much a, a partitioned area, part of, the, of Great Britain, split between the Protestants and the Catholics. And the Good Friday Agreement, President Clinton was very invested in this effort, and he appointed Senator George Mitchell, a former senator at the time, to, to lead talks. And it took him two years of negotiating and working with all the parties to come to an agreement that would bring an end to the hostilities and to the, to the attacks in Northern Ireland. And, and the real reason to do this was not just to avoid sort of the human toll of the suffering and the, and the terrorism, but to spur economic development and growth in Northern Ireland. So now, 25 years later, the United States president is back, is, is, is there in Belfast to celebrate and commemorate 25 years of what has been largely a, a successful peace agreement. Not 100% successful, and there's still issues being worked out. But it has, by and large, greatly reduced the level of violence in Northern Ireland. I understand that President Bill Clinton's involvement in this was perceived to be a little bit skewed towards the IRA at the expense of his relationship with Great Britain. Does Biden suffer from maybe some of that same baggage? And and what does he hope to accomplish with this visit in terms of his relationship with both sides of this deal? I think Biden probably does suffer a little bit from that same perception. He's he's very, very pro-Irish and very fond of talking about his Irish roots and his heritage, it, and at the expense sometimes of his British heritage. And and I, I think that probably makes it a little bit difficult to be seen as a completely neutral observer in the status of the talks as such as they are today. I mean, the real obstacle to restoring a power-sharing agreement in the Northern Ireland Assembly is the the DUP, the Unionist Party, which is, you know, sort of very pro-Britain, pro-England. And Joe Biden, I think, is meeting individually with the leaders of the different parties there today, but will probably have a hard time convincing the DUP that they should sign on to shared government, given what they will perceive, I think, as his very pro-Irish, pro-Republican stance. 
Sure. And I mean, President Biden, when approached by a BBC reporter once, sort of infamously replied, well, I'm Irish. <laughs> yeah, and he, um, lo- he loves but, telling the story uh, about how his mother stayed in a hotel where the queen had stayed and she didn't want to sleep in the same bed that the queen had slept in. So she slept <laughs> on the floor. And, you know, yes, he, he does like he does like those Irish stories. It's sort of a classic Irish-American stance. Um, if you have, you know, uh, 2% <laughs> Irish heritage, um, we tend to latch onto that. But um, at the same time, some of Biden's actual actions have sort of backed up that perception. Um, for example, he was accused of not giving a heads up to to Great Britain ahead of his Afghanistan withdrawal and supposedly leaving them in the dark. He's also not going to be attending the coronation ceremony, um, but he can carve out time for this trip to Northern Ireland what can he do at this point to prove that he is all in on a relate this special relationship with Great Britain? Well, I mean, look, a couple things. First of all, the the withdrawal from Afghanistan it wasn't just the UK that was caught by surprise. So it's not as if mm-hmm. Biden was singling out Great Britain for you know and ignoring them and 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 not attending the coronation. And it would be unusual in many ways if he did attend the coronation. It's a lot of time and effort and expense for him to come and, and, you know, sit in a ceremony for a couple of hours. Jill Biden will be attending, I think, and representing the president. And the president has agreed to come for a state visit sometime in the near future. But look, I mean, the you, the prime minister was just in, in uh, California a couple of weeks ago with President Biden, sort of celebrating the launch of this nuclear submarine deal between the United Kingdom, the United States and Australia. I think that's a very significant investment and, and commitment on the part of the United States to its relationship with the United Kingdom. What do you make of the fact that this trip is only about 15 hours? It's fairly short. What could Biden actually accomplish during this, or what could he get done? And then on the flip side of that, is it enough time for him to make a major blunder? Well, there's always time for Joe Biden to make a blunder. <laughs> he, <doesn't, laughs> you know, he, he, as you know, he's, he's very prone to gaffes and, and speaking off the cuff and, and, and blundering. So we'll see if he emerges unscathed from his short visit here this, this morning and today or, or from the next couple of days in Ireland. I mean, I don't think there's an expectation that he will accomplish much. I think it's, it's really more a celebration of 25 years of the Good Friday Agreement um, the president is very keen to see Northern Ireland continue to grow economically. He's appointed former um, House of Representatives member Joe Kennedy Jr. to be um, his special envoy for Northern Ireland. And I think this is his first trip in, in that capacity, Kennedy's first trip in that capacity to Belfast. And I think we'll be seeing a lot more of him coming to the area and encouraging the private sector to invest and to help create jobs in Northern Ireland. But the president's trip, I think this trip is for him, is really about the, the visit south of the border to Ireland and, and where he plans to visit his ancestral homes, give a couple of speeches. But really for him, I think it's sort of a trip down memory lane almost. Yeah, that's a good point. But I, as, as a president, when you have a pretty tight schedule, certainly plenty to do back here in America, I wonder, is it appropriate to be having a, a tour down memory lane at this time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, good, fair, fair question. I mean, I, I traveled with the president when I was in the State Department and spent a fair amount of time on Air Force One with President George W. Bush. And the reality is the president is always the president, and he's got the communications links and the staff around him to be able to work all the time. So whether he's in Western Ireland or sitting in the White House, he is equally able to um, to to lead the country and to and to have access to the information and make the decisions that need to be made. So even though he will be 
doing a bit of a trip down memory lane and on the west coast of Ireland, he will also, I think, be spending plenty of time in his hotel room working on other issues that have nothing to do with the United Kingdom or Ireland. Prime Minister Sunak actually greeted President Biden on the tarmac uh, when he arrived. Do you think that was the right move? And will that help change this perception that perhaps Biden is a bit biased on this issue? Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not unusual for the prime minister to, to, or for the leader of a country to meet the president when he arrives. Right. I, I, I think, you know, there's been a lot of chatter in the press here that, that they're not having a full, full-blown bilateral meeting, that it's really just a coffee, you know, is it a snub to, to Sunak? I, I don't see it as such. I think they spent apparently a fair amount of time together this morning and, and had good conversations. So I think, yeah, I, I think it's it's easy to read too much into tension between the leaders and tension between the countries, but I think that's, that tends to be a little bit overblown. From an American perspective, is there any partisan angle to this? I understand that for most of the 19th century, for example, Irish Americans tended to vote Democrat. So that might have played into this idea that the Democratic Party, Clinton and now Biden, and, and of course when Biden was in the Senate, um, were not just amenable to the IRA side because of their particular heritage, but also perhaps for political reasons. I, I, I don't think Ireland is any longer, or, or the question of the status of Northern Ireland is any longer a, a, a partisan question. I think most Americans agree, and there's a very strong Irish caucus in in Congress, which is made up of many of many Republicans and Democrats, um, and I don't I don't see this as a partisan issue in Washington anymore. You're right; it certainly used to be, but but I think those days are over. What do you think the best case scenario is for this trip? Everything just goes off without a hitch. No Biden gaffes, and we all move on. No gaffes would be great. I think the um, the White House, the, <laughs> the president's team, I, I think probably has their fingers crossed and is very much hoping for that. You know, hopefully there'll be some substance in his speeches. He's giving a couple speeches in Ireland. Um, hopefully there'll be some, some substance in there. Hopefully the president will have a fun time visiting his ancestral homes and meeting relatives in, in Ireland. And the best outcome for the United Kingdom would be that his visit this morning to Belfast does spur further engagement by the different parties there to form a government and get back to power sharing so the people of Northern Ireland actually have a representative government and to help spur more economic development in the region, uh, which, as I said, is his special envoy for Northern Ireland will be focused on in the coming months and year. The president has also decided to bring a special guest with him, which is his son, Hunter Biden, who's been the subject of investigations in the United States for his alleged uh, financial dealings with international companies and alleged corruption. He is being investigated on, on firearm charges maybe not the best person to be bringing along with you um, on an international trip at this time. Um, but what do you make of Hunter Biden being Biden's tail? Um, is this just an innocent sort of family endeavor? Yes. I mean, look, it's, it's very normal for the president's children and adult children to travel with him overseas with other family members. There's nothing unusual about that. I agree that having Hunter Biden on the trip probably you know, it, it, it creates a, a distraction, which doesn't really need to be there. So it, I'm not sure what the thought process would have been on that. I'm sure they'll have fun on the trip. And it's nice for a father to have his son on a trip back to the ancestral homeland. On the other hand, it does create an opening for journalists and people to sort of ask questions about Hunter Biden, given his his presence on the trip. So, you know, they, mu they must have considered all those factors. I'm sure they did and decided that at the end of the day, it was worth bringing him along for the 
whatever fun experience they would have together. But it, it does have the potential to be a big distraction. Certainly. Well, Lewis Lukens, thank you so much for joining this edition of the Americano. We'll be tracking the rest of Biden's trip very closely, I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to the Americano podcast. I would like to thank my brilliant producer, Natasha Farose, and the rest of the Spectators broadcast team. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on. Thank you very much. God bless America. Thank you.